right, and welcome back to another episode of Stronger Together Today. And I'm extremely excited today because we are welcoming in so many of our guests. As you can see, we have FETC Stronger Together, and it's really exciting to meet so many individuals, so many educators from across the globe. I almost said across the country, but it's across the globe. And through that time, we get to hear about educators, leaders, support, solution providers. And today we are going to, our first one of the evening, we have a few this evening. We have Mrs. Geeky all the way from Arizona. So welcome in, Mrs. Geeky. Thank you for having me. Of course. Where Now, where do you get that name? Mrs. Geeky, uh, I was teaching a class at our when I was in Ohio at our county um, agency on okay. geocaching. And at the time, my last name was Hakala, which is a Finnish name, very difficult to pronounce. Um, and one of the students in my class fell behind, couldn't remember how to say Hakala. And so she said, Mrs. Geeky, Mrs. Geeky. <laughs> and so it just kind of stuck after that. And my daughters all say it's very apropos. So <laughs> Wonderful. So um, Mrs. Geeky, um, full name is Lori Green. Tell us a little bit about what you do. Um, well, for the past 30 years, I've been an educator, most of that time a tech coordinator, tech integration specialist. Currently, I do consulting with schools, and I also work for Boot Up PD, which is a nonprofit that promotes teaching uh, programming and uh, physical computing um, to marginalized populations. And uh, we also support the Amazon Future Engineer Program. Well, that's pretty exciting. And, and how did you get into that? Um, actually during COVID, um, okay. you know, lost a lot of my gigs quite uh, rather quickly and they approached me because they were growing. Um, and so brought me aboard and it's been great ever since. Wonderful. So I know, um, not only do you work up for boot up PD and you can check out their website below, you do some of your own work as well. And for those individuals going to check out your website, which is now below and some of the work that you do share some of the things that you, you do do. You were talking about working with districts and you were talking about some of the individual work that you do. Yep. So with districts, often I will help them scaffold um, a scope and sequence as they're integrating technology. So it's meaningful and there is uh, skill levels building at each grade level. As they go up the grade bands, I do a lot of help with developing makerspaces. And again, making sure that that makerspace is meaningful, um, scaffolded as you go across the grade bands. And I also do professional development with B-Bots, um, make code, microbits, all, the, all that fun stuff, as you can see here. I and, see that. So we've got, you know, you want to do Edison robots, we can do Edison robots. You want to do, let's say, Makey Makey, I'm certified Makey Makey, then I just pull out the Makey Makeys and... I like it. Lots of fun stuff. Lego robotics too. So what's your favorite? If they said you can come in and do your favorite lesson, what would it be? Oh, gosh, that, that's a tough question. Probably something to do with robotics because it surprises the schools the most because I don't let the kids put the wheels on. So we use the robotic kits to do things like building wind turbines or making a conveyor belt. And at the end, we do wheels because once the wheels are on, they think battle bots and okay. robotics so much more than that. And I've yet to have a school not surprised in the best of ways when they see that. And, and how does it surprise you when, when they do that? When the students do that? Yeah. They, well, cause they want to, you know, build a car always initially, but then they're in awe. Oh wait. Okay. 
you know, I, I have a sensor now that creates this wind turbine to go at a certain temperature, certain wind speed. And like, I didn't know that's how that worked. It's all those aha moments. And then after a couple simple projects like a conveyor belt, then they start thinking about what they would like to invent. And so it just, you know, sky's the limit. All right. So I'm going to show you a picture and I want you to tell me who it is and how this inspired the event coming up. So who, who is this? <laughs> Donnie Iris. Donnie Iris. So tell us, tell us a little who he is for those viewers and listeners who are just doing the audio. Who is Donnie Iris and how did it, he inspire your FETC presentation? <laughs> so Donnie Iris is um, a rocker. Uh, his initial uh, hit was The Rapper, which he wrote. He was also in Wild Cherry, which did play that funky music. And okay. then, then there was Donnie Iris and the Cruisers. And with Donnie Iris and the Cruisers, he has a song called um, Do You Compute? And so um, that was the motivation. He's also my favorite rocker. He just happens to have a song that dovetails with what I do. Awesome. And that's your session, right? Is that true? Do you compute with physical computing? Yes. All right. So if you are down in New Orleans, check out Do You Compute with Physical Computing January 26th from 9 to 11. So it's a workshop. Yes. So for those individuals scrolling through the, the catalog and they come across this and they're like, oh, this sounds interesting. What are they going to do for two hours with Mrs. Geeky? Uh, with Mrs. Geeky and my colleague, Brenda Bass. From and Brenda Bass. We are going to introduce you to, I think it's five different types of physical computing devices. Talk about how they can be integrated and scaffolded. And then you're going to have time to go to stations and do a quick little project uh, or hands-on activity with each one. So you can become a little more familiar at the end, we're going to help you develop in broad brushstrokes a plan that you can take back to your school to get you started. Wow. Now, have you done this workshop before? Is this going to be the first time? Is this something you are just kind of tinkering with or one of your tried and true sessions? More of a tried and true. I've done it at okay. ISTE and I've done it uh, in districts where they're having maybe a computer fair or a tech, tech fair, excuse me, or something. So it's We've done it a few times. I've done it, at, I've done it at Kent State University. So. Oh, wow. So how is that different with university students versus adult learners? So Kent State has the Research Center on Education Technology, and they have a very strong relationship with the teachers in Northeast Ohio. So those events bring in those teachers, and then we work with the teachers. So for those uh, individuals coming to your session, they're building this, what do you hope that comes from it? So they leave, they leave New Orleans, they have these great ideas, like how will that transfer into the classroom? Well, I think we tend to see technology and robotics and physical computing as a separate subject. And we tend to think, oh, I, I can't do that. You know, that's going to be a different teacher, right? Right. But what you find out is you can integrate this within your technology. And before you know it, you have something else to differentiate learning with while at the same time teaching them some of those valuable coding skills. And nine times out of 10, I unlocked the secret coder in almost every teacher that they didn't know was there. Okay. What's that look like? Or just the excitement of it? Like what's a secret coder? I see. Well, it's someone who says, you know, I, I can't do that. That's, that's too hard. That's for somebody else. Right. And then by the end of the session, they're like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe I did that. The other night we had a um, wine and tech night at my house. It's, oh, that's fun. It was fun. And the, my friends and I did uh, paper circuits. And at the end, 
Now, some of these, uh, some of my friends are a little older than I am, and they're like, oh, I, I'm not going to be able to do this. I'm just going to drink the wine, right? And at the end- Just a bad all, thing, right? Uh, yeah, right? And well, at the end, they all had made paper circuits and created greeting cards with several lights on them. They understood, okay, I need to add another battery. I need to do a parallel circuit now. And one gal could not wait to go home and show her family, so- Awesome. That, that, that's super exciting. And so what are you looking forward to about FETC? Oh, gosh. Um, connecting with people I have not seen in a few years and attending sessions on new um, products that are out there and new ways of doing things and seeing where, where tech integration is going and coding um, and equity for students. In fact, I think there's a session Monday morning and the name of it escapes me, but you'll see it in the schedule that specifically addresses teaching CS from kindergarten all the way up to 12. Wow. So uh, I was an elementary school principal. And one of the things I heard a lot was that our kids can't do that. And what would you say to our kindergarten or first, second grade teachers when you start introducing some of the makey makey, some of the computer science and conceptual thinking? How do you get them realizing that students can do it? I never tell them they can't. Okay. What if they tell you they can't? Uh, you'll be pleasantly surprised. So <laughs> okay. just, just give me an hour with them and, and you'll be surprised. So what are some of the things you do with the kindergartners or first graders? Yeah. Kindergartners, gosh, we've done logo programming, the old Seymour Papert uh, programming. We do B-Bots, um, a lot of screen-free types of experiences. In fact, I have a little B-Bot right here. Oh, nice. Uh, Yep, because that gets them into that I'm giving directions. They need to be in a certain order. Plus, you can tie it into other curricular um, topics in your classroom. Um, I actually also use, let's see. Let's see, Hayes, Hayes, they have this organizer. That's mm -hmm. my children's. Um, I can tell. I can tell. <laughs> um, we will take Legos and use these IR transmitters and motors and build things that move. It doesn't necessarily have to involve reading and doing programming right up front, but they get that creativity, that building type of thing, hands-on. So where do you go to learn? Like, where do you get your learning and how do you kind of recharge? Oh, you know, ISTE is one for sure. I think I've been to 22 ISTEs. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And so I you were going to ISTE before it was ISTE because I went when it was NIC. Neck and even before NECC, and uh, now the name escapes me, it was something else way back in its infancy. And then for okay. a long time, it was Neck and then ISTE. Yes, yes. Um, so that's one place I purposely sign up for the workshops that are might be three hours, half a day, or full day, because that's where I can dive in and learn something new. Um, I also do take classes. Um, I still go back to school if there's something that interests me, or and I know like the Logo Foundation is going to have in April. Um, Artemis Pappert, um, Seymour Pappert's daughter, I believe, and Brian Silverman will be doing um, Minsky logo, Marvin Minsky's logo. Version. Oh, wow. So I, I attend stuff like that as well. It's a, it's a morning session. Uh, exciting. So we were talking a little about computer science and, and, and your you know physical computing. Talk to me a little about Makerspace. Like, What's exciting about that? Some people look at it and be like, oh, it's just playing in the library. Absolutely. And um, I always like to use the example of the Apollo 13. And when they had their crisis with the, um, and I'm going to forget the, uh, oh, the carbon monoxide filters. Yep. And 
when the sun set at the end of the day, it took duct tape, paper, some rubber bands, and a couple other what we would call household items that saved their lives. Because those engineers back here had to create something out of nothing, right? And that's what we need to develop in students is that creativity. Okay, it seems like there's no solution, but there is a solution. And get that going, that whole creativity engineering design process. And a makerspace can just be a great place for that to happen. And I agree, we don't just want it to be something where students go down and is, it's have fun and with no purpose, right? You want to, to tie it in with what's going on in the classroom. You want to have some scaffolding as it goes through the grade levels. It takes a lot of thought. And another thing with makerspaces, I do see sometimes that people get a grant and they just buy everything they see. Right, they just buy stuff. And I'm like, whoa, 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 back the train on up. At least once a week, I'll get a call and someone says, Mrs. Geeky, I've got all this money. What do I buy? And I will say, well, what is your end goal? What do you want your students to gain from this by the end of fifth grade, by the end of eighth grade? Okay, now let's see how we can meet that goal. Then we'll talk about how we spend your money. Right. So tell me about the line that, that you shared earlier. Find the STEM in your curriculum, not the curriculum in this curriculum for STEM. Yeah, find the STEM in your curriculum, not the curriculum for STEM. So, so what does many, that mean? Well, so many times when I go to schools, um, they want to buy a, a pre-canned curriculum for STEM, or they want to teach STEM. And there's also this notion that STEM simply means science, technology, engineering, and math. And when, okay. that, when that term came around, that was not the intent at all. The intent was those four disciplines occur in every subject area. And just real quick, I'll give you an example. Sure. Uh, we, uh, at a school I was teaching at, uh, Buckeye Local Medina. Hello, Buckeye Local. Hey, well, Buckeye Local. <laughs> um, the music teacher would say yes to anything I suggested. She was awesome. So we had the kids build mallets with the Lego robotics. And okay. it just happened to be the 50th anniversary of uh, Sound of Music. So the kids programmed, they lined up all these xylophones and they had to program those xylophones, xylophones to play um, do, re, mi. And it was not okay. easy. And then one of the students said, well, we need a triangle. So then he designed something to hit the triangle at the right time. Then another student thought they needed a drum. And so <laughs> it, and it, it just grew. So I told them, I'm pretty sure as far as I know, they were the first fourth grade you know, robotic orchestra that I knew of. And so the teacher actually had them perform at the winter concert that, you know, come back to school for in the evening. And you could hear a pin drop. The kids brought out their, their robots and set up the xylophones and everything. And then one of the kids just went one, two, three, and they all pressed play. And it did it. They did Dory Me. Oh, and that's it, awesome. It was awesome. And that is just an example where we find some of those STEM elements in other subject areas. That is, is great. And I think that's such a powerful message. And I would share that a lot with the, with the teachers. Like it's not just something you do and it's not a replacement. It's part of what we do. It's part of the critical thinking. It's, it's, it's really important as our students mature and grow into, into learners. So I want to thank you for, for, for jumping on. If you don't follow Miss Geeky, her Twitter handle is down below. Her website is scrolling through here. All the great things she has set her sights on a follow goal. So make sure to follow her, help her, her reach that goal. And also check out the work of 
boot up PD for all the work that you're doing. Um, and make sure to check out her session for sure when you're down in New Orleans. And the last question I have for you is what does stronger together mean to you? It means that we can get so much more done together than individually. And how does that look in the STEM field? Um, working together with teachers to, to provide those STEM experiences and involving your community, involving you know, other teachers, other, other resources to create those STEM opportunities for students. Awesome. Well, I look forward to seeing you down in New Orleans. Stop by the booth. I'll be podcasting live um, and I have some sessions there um, as well. So I look forward to meeting you in person all the way from uh, Arizona to New Orleans, from Boston down there. And we'll get a chance to, to connect and learn all about your work and all the things that you do and are bringing to FETC. Great. So thanks for, for joining and for all of you watching and listening. As we say, we're going to be stronger together when we put we over me. Thank <laughs> you.